Mac Football Pod. Justin. Hey, man. How are you, man? Doing all right. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful late Monday evening. Monday night. Ah, man. Monday night. Remember podcasting on a Monday night? Good old days. <sighs> yeah. Then we got on like a Sunday schedule, and now we're doing it on a Monday because, uh, yeah. I don't know, because we're late and we're adults and we can do this. Yeah. We appreciate you guys, uh, you know, being with us on the ride. And if you woke up Monday and you're like refreshing your feed and you're like, okay, okay, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? They, they usually drop it by now. Uh, and we actually left you like hanging and like you actually felt bad. I genu- genuinely, sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, you know, but we just couldn't do it. Uh, but we're here. We're here without without Caleb. He's still uh, he's still recovering from uh, from a concert that he went to. What was what was the name of the concert that he, he went, went to? It. Yeah, he it went was, to a uh, Wilco. Justice. Justice. Uh... He went to a Wilco concert, uh, like an impromptu Wilco concert in Chicago, which is funny to me because like I'm the only actual dad on this podcast, and that's the most dad thing any of the three of us have done. I have no idea who Wilco is. <laughs> I think I know one song and like I can't I will not sing it or do the tune I cannot tell you the title but I know that like if I heard it I'd be like hey isn't this Wilco oh, that's about that's about it God, is Caleb cooler than us is that why he's not on this podcast he's just like got better things to do that feels like a trap question for when Caleb listens to this but I I don't is Wilco cool I don't know I, I, I don't know. that I mean, I haven't heard of it, so, like, there's a 50-50 chance. I'm, like, I'm just now learning popular. about, like, rappers I should have heard about, like, eight years ago, so. Yeah. And and you hear that in the background? That's your kid. Like, you know, I don't have that excuse. You oh, do. that's true, yeah. Cal, what, what you have to give Cal a show credit now. Um, hopefully that doesn't violate any child labor laws, but we'll do this for free. So yeah, no, yeah. So there are no laws. Uh, speaking of the land of the lawless, Maxion happened again. We're halfway through the season. Justin, you mind telling us the scores? That way we can just like have them on the record, and then we will just like have conversations from there. Yeah, that's a really good place to start. Uh, Eastern Michigan went to Kalamazoo and won 45 to 23. Taylor Powell was 20 of 30. Uh, Darius Lester had a big day, uh, three touchdowns for Samson Evans. It was basically all Eastern Michigan. And when I say basically, I mean totally and completely. This game was, uh, what was that 30, 35 to seven at halftime? Um, yep. The game, that game was over um, pretty early. It was over in the first quarter. Um, don't let it fool you. It says Eastern Michigan was only up 14 points at the end of the first quarter. They were basically on the, like the three yard line heading into the second quarter. That was a three touchdown first quarter. Um, just, uh, EMU came out to play Western didn't absolutely shellacked them. Not to be outdone though, was Buffalo. Buffalo won, uh, 38 to seven over Bowling Green. Bowling Green had, I think four turnovers, two fumbles inside the Buffalo 10, including one that went back 97 oh. yards, uh, for a Buffalo touchdown. And that's not referring to the worst play we've ever seen Bowling Green try to pull off on special teams, right? No, Bowling Green tried to pull off a fake field goal. How many of these uh, stupid plays do they have drawn up? I don't know. but Wait, no, I the found, other one, that was an EKU play, so never mind. Yeah, what I, I know. It featured, Bowling Green was featured on defense, but uh, the, the funniest part to me was that like around the same time Bowling Green was failing at their fake field goal play, like Oklahoma, I think ran like the exact same play and it worked if I remember correctly. And it was just funny, like scrolling through the timeline where it was like the photo negative of like the play that worked. They tried the same one and it was just a disaster. Um, so poor Bowling Green, uh, things are kind of rough there. Um, Ohio scored a touchdown on its very first play, I believe against Akron just opened yes, up their did. homecoming game. They, they won did. 55 to 34. I don't know if the game was even that close. Um, C.A. Bangura, three touchdowns. Curtis Rook, three touchdowns. 24 of 27 for 427 yards. It's basically a perfect day. Uh, not basically. That is a perfect day. Like, oof. Curtis Rook. First team is there, back are there, First are there team any, back? Uh, Right now, yeah. Are there any uh, Are there any other Rourks we should be worried about? Uh, 
So, no, not that I know of, but I know that, yes, because there is a Canadian quarterback uh, in the 2023 recruiting class. He -hmm. was an Eastern commit, and then he flipped to Minnesota, unfortunately, Mm. of all people. Um, And his name is Drew Viado. He uh, came from, I don't remember, in Canada anymore. Somewhere right above the UP. But Mm. Sault Ste. Marie. And... He is playing at Wald Lake Western. He's been there since essentially like eighth grade. So, uh, but his name is the Canadian Cannon. This is kind of a note for later. Um, but you, you asked about other Rorks. What's what's Rourke one? What was his nickname? Air Canada. Air Canada. Which is like a that's a badass nickname, right? But like, what is it? it it's is. not like 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 the Panther or like you know anything like something like that where like you attribute like. Like, this is that. Like, Air Canada, that's like an attitude nickname, you know? Right. Such as, like, Baby Rourke, but that's, like, more, like, definite to, like, nope, that is Curtis. Like, Curtis's nickname is Baby Rourke, and that was kind of, like, 2.0 when people didn't want to say Baby Rourke anymore anymore and be mean. And apparently someone, like, slid in the suggestion, and I heard this on the, the broadcast of the, uh, the Akron-Ohio game, the Maple Missile. Ooh. That's so good. That's so good. He, but uh, anyways, you can't take Canadian Cannon because that's already taken by. That's already taken. Good. And he had, that, a... he had that nickname before he was a varsity player. How about that? Damn, I like that. Yeah. And you know, speaking of which, it would be. I mean, I hope Curtis goes to the NFL because I hope everyone that plays in the MAC goes to the NFL. But it would be super cool to watch the Rourke brothers duel it out in the CFL. It would be cool. Like. Not on the yeah, same team like, though. Not like. No, great, no, no, great cup I mean, championship. Well, pres- I'd actually pres- watch the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, um, supposedly, I mean, presumably, whoever has Nathan isn't going to need a quarterback. So, um, let's hope they uh, can face off. That would be so fun. I would watch every moment of that game. I don't know anything about the CFL. Nope. Uh, but I'd learn for the Rorks. Only if there's two Rorks, though. One Rourke doesn't sell me. I need two CFL. Um. Ball State and Central Michigan played a uh, polar opposite game of Akron and Ohio. Uh, Ball State following in the footsteps, I guess, of their local Indianapolis Colts. They won a game 17 to 16, which I guess would be a barn burner by um, by that Thursday night football standards. Uh, Central Michigan <laughs> fumbled the ball for a Ball State touchdown, I think, like inside their own five. Um I think they responded with a score, but, you know, it basically uh, put, gave Ball State life in a game that Central Michigan was kind of controlling. And, um, yeah, for the second week in a row, Ball State kind of steals one. Um, and uh, they are 2-1 and in MacBoy. Carson Steele, uh, 28 carries, 124 yards. Uh, he is a load. Uh, speaking of load, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking, nice little segue there. Uh, Toledo's, um, why, why am I forgetting his name? Because of my shitty segue, uh, Quinion Mitchell had a load of touchdowns. <laughs> that, that yeah. was what you were going for? He, Good Lord. he had four. You had all day to think of this transition. Touchdowns. You had all day. No. Okay. So what happened? This is, this what? okay. We're trying no, no, to do listen. a Mac football pod after dark. And here you are talking about loads and the best you have is, Oh, Quinion Mitchell had a load of a fun. Load of, you know, like th- what the really? He had a load of time. Well, he did have four touchdowns. God, and listen, dude. it's you say I had all day to come up with this. This is what happened. I wasn't gonna do any of that transition, but I was like, my brain started turning. I was like, oh, let's just go for it. And I, I absolutely dropped the ball. And that's it's unfortunate. And like kids, ignore your brain. Your brain is dumb. It wants dumb things. It'll say dumb things if you let it. Like, just don't do it. But um Quinnon Mitchell did have four touchdowns. He did have two. Or he had four picks. I'm yeah. sorry. Ah, he had two touchdowns, four picks. Not that See, it's I'm any less up, impressive. I'm screwing up the stat line. Yeah. Sorry. It's uh, I have I'm looking at my notes for he's in my top three things this week. We'll get to that later. But like, yeah, he was he was great. Um, that's basically the story of the game. If you look at like success rate. Uh, in terms of how the teams move the ball. NIU didn't actually struggle too much to move the ball, and they had a particularly big fourth quarter because they were recovering a bunch of onside kicks. Um, but other than throwing four interceptions, Ethan Hampton was still 30 of 49 for 284 yards. Um, he didn't have an awful day. It was just that 
when an IU turned the ball over, it turned into points. Um, and that's bad. Um, and I, I thought uh, interesting was NIU's leading receiver in the game was Harrison Whaley, uh, 10 catches for 96 yards. Um, was actually the leading receiver in that game. Pretty interesting. Um, and then the, I think the latest finishing game of the day was Miami and Kent State. Miami um, sneaks out with a three-point victory. They got scored 10-0 uh, in the fourth quarter, but were basically in control the whole way. Um, and uh, that's a huge, huge, huge win. And I think uh, I think confirms a few of our uh, concerns about Kent State from the week before. Not being able to like put the ball in the end zone. Yeah, it's uh, it's concerning. It really is that like it just keeps fumbling the ball away. Like why why is it like I don't I don't really understand it. I just don't understand why Kent State has to gain so many yards just to like get the ball in the end zone. It just does not make any sense. And like for like all the production it has, like. You know, it had uh, we didn't really mention it at the time, but last week when when they had its game, uh, not against Miami, but against um, against Ohio, both Dante was it Dante Cephas? Yeah, it was Dante Cephas, and then it was um, number one, the running back, blanking on his name, Cooper, Marquez Cooper. Both had thank you for the help, two forty receiving yards, two forty rushing yards on the game on the day. Uh, and that was an FBS record. Like, that was never done before. And, like, that's a ton of production to have out of, like, two key players. And, like, you think to yourself, hey, when you get two guys cooking like that, that's li- there's literally, like, no more you can ask out of them to do in, like, the same day, right? And the best you can do is, like, 31 points and you needed overtime to get there. And then, like, they follow that up and it was only 24 points at Miami. And... <laughs> Yeah, Kent State like has improved in some areas, especially in defense. We kind of noticed that too. But they also let you know Miami's running backs, who aren't the biggest guys in the world, kind of get some like tough yards against that defense too. Like it's, I don't know, man. Kent State for all the all the hype that Kent State's gotten, like I'm just a little bit disappointed by a lot. Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, that was all the games. Um, so. I think I don't have any uh, I don't have any other scores or shitty segues to go through, oh, but uh, I Thank think uh, yeah, I mean Kent State's not dead in the water or anything like that. But the date with Buffalo <laughs> is looking more and more important every week, mm-hmm. which uh, is not a place I expected this whole thing to be. No, like th- if you asked me like three weeks ago. When does when is that Kent Buffalo game? I'm trying to look that up. It's the last oh, game the last of the game year, of the year, right? Okay. Yeah, because we were joking about yeah. <laughs> if they're in a position where they like can't cancel it because of snow and they just get a massive snowstorm. I think they play Black Friday. Yeah. Um, as they always should. Dude, this next week sh- football is gonna suck so fucking bad. I'm tired of like that. Like we had to let UMass be a Mac team without being a Mac team this year. Yeah. Like it snuck in and out and around like non-conference play for three teams. And like, it's continuing its tour with Buffalo this year. Uh, same with UConn and UConn. What are you guys doing? Go away. Although UConn ball state is like sneaky game of the week for like national sickos. <laughs> like, everyone's like there's gonna be a lot of people keeping an eye on that because UConn has three wins that's, somehow I don't I shouldn't speak this into the ether but this seems like a game where Ball State's gonna lose a guy it really shouldn't when it wants to win a Mac West race oh I know like and they're finally like like Ball State's finally catching their stride and just like getting better kind, every week. kind of they're they're like they are and they aren't they're like like it's what's good to note it like what was good to note and the NIU game was that they were able to have like a late like um like double score like comeback win like or like double score push to overtime right in the last mm-hmm. like few minutes of the game to get you know NIU into that upset 
which is great for Ball State, but like that's also to say like that game really could have gone NIU's favor too. Um, right. But Ball State is playing a little bit better. It just has like inefficiencies on offense. It's yeah. like John Paddock's good. Like John Paddock and Jack Jack Salifak, they're essentially the same. Oh, that's but, so but John Paddock's like a that's so better. insulting to John Paddock. Yeah, John Paddock's better. Jack Salifak went. Um, you're triggering me on purpose now. I can feel it. I'm sorry. You know what? I did forget about Jack Salifak's stat line. Sorry, was, I, 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 we don't have to bring this back. He was 15 of 40. For he like was, yes, yards. that was his stat line. Yes, you, you gotta like place some blame elsewhere too. Like a lot of those were like a lot of like stupid drops, especially like early on in the game, and then a lot of those were just like bulls. Like fuck this, we all just want to go home throws. Yeah, I mean, sure, but okay. So he at least nine 18. of at least nine of those are that. So like, what if he goes? Yeah, I mean, okay, he goes twenty-one of forty for two hundred and sixty yards and three touchdowns, and they lose by. You know, fifteen. Okay. Right. Um. Yeah, I I do think that pass to Sean Tyler would have helped a little bit. I mean, obviously they would have been down. Right. You know, maybe twenty-eight to fourteen or thirty-five to fourteen instead. And I think it would have you know changed things on the final score line, I guess. But I just don't think they. I mean, if we want to dive into that game, like EMU just has. Western figured out, particularly on the Four defensive row, end. Man. Four in a row, and they haven't really done anything remarkable. Fan- yeah, like Eastern kind of just they come in and they run because Western Michigan plays man defense. That's what they do. And Eastern's like, all right, we're going to crossing route you to death and throw on you when you're playing single coverage. Because what Western wants to do is blitz. They want to bring pressure, and that's what they do. Because they want to create negative plays. And this year, they're not good at it. (laughs) You know? And so they just keep doing it. And EMU, over the last four seasons, has just been more than happy to take what's given to them. Right? And not overcomplicate things. And I'll remind everybody that this should be five in a row. Because that 2017 game, Eastern should not have lost. You know, even I don't remember how it happened. I don't remember where I was at. Um, oh, Eastern, it was in Indiana. So that's why I don't remember it. Eastern ended up uh, Eastern ended up like kicking. They had like first and goal from like the three and ended up kicking a field goal in overtime or something. And then they ended up losing. Mm-hmm. Um, super weird play calling at the end of there, but like they should have won that. Like Western stole that game. Um, yeah, like I don't feel confident that Tim Lester will, should have ever beaten Eastern. They've just got them figured out, and I mean that's not to take away because like we know Eastern can score, especially when Taylor Powell plays. Right. Yeah. For right? sure. Like, it's, and when he's on too, like this is also a game where Taylor didn't throw an interception or three. Nope. Like he was perfect. Um, there was nothing that offensive line kept pressure off, right? Um, which I'm waiting for you to get to Jose Ramirez, yeah. I'm getting there. Um, uh, big weekend for Jose Ramirez, by the way. He hit a he basically hit the Guardians into the next round of the playoffs and then uh, sacked a bunch of uh quarterbacks at Western Michigan. There he is. Um, and I just wanted to say too, like I mean, Eastern's Eastern's offense was obviously the story, but that's not to say that like if Eastern's offense was slightly worse, that it wouldn't have worked out the same way because Jose Ramirez was unblockable, and what he does and did to Western Michigan, who's already got a pretty shaky offensive line as it is, is he made it so they couldn't put extra guys out on routes, yeah. like. Western has an already bad quarterback and basically you give him less than three seconds to throw and fewer than four people to throw to, you know, there's not a, the Eastern didn't give enough time to go into their reads and all that stuff. Like they just disrupted everything that they did. Um, and I don't know, I'm going to steal one of my bottom three things. Cause it's about Western's offensive line. Sorry. But like, since we're on the subject, Might as well. it, it was, uh, 
Eastern sacked or pressured Jack Salapek on over on just over twenty percent of all of his dropbacks. Jesus That's Christ. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they they ended I mean, the it, day it with seven like sacks. It. Yeah, seven sacks, uh, eight total tackles for loss, and then three quarterback hurries. Um, so yeah, just just a shade over twenty percent of all of his dropbacks. Um, it's amazing. I mean, it was just they completely shut Western down. Um, and I think uh, that had to be good to see from from your end after they struggled with UMass. The yeah, like they struggled like the first part of the year of just getting to the quarterback at all, mm-hmm. and then seven sacks against Western and all. So that was yeah, that was definitely good to see for them. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's, I don't know, man. Like, you just kind of, like, expect it. And, like, now, like, Eastern's, like, finding its kind of finding its moxie, right? Find, mm-hmm. Finding its groove, finding its finding its way, kind of kind of realizing itself, like, at the, at the best time and, like, playing its best football at the best possible time, right? Yeah. But, like, this is, like, the best. And I kind of wrote about it at ipsy11.com. Go ahead and subscribe. Uh this is like the most important three game stretch that mm-hmm. that EMU is going to face where the the two best teams left are not the one is not the one that's coming up right now but the one that's coming up right now is the one you absolutely cannot ever overlook and it doesn't matter that NIU yep. has a 1 in 5 record but NIU wants to come in and kick your ass cuz that's just that's the business and then and after that's that desperate state and then home to Toledo team, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a desperate NIU team. Very. Like they're gonna throw so much shit at Eastern <laughs> next week. It's not gonna be good, man. And like even though that Ethan Hampton had like four interceptions and like two of them were returned for touchdowns, like I don't know, man. Like he he's not gonna do that every week, you know? And like No. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not going to speculate in, like, the Rocky playing. Like, obviously, if he's healthy and he's good, like, he's going to change the dynamic. Like, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So let's just speak about it in terms of, like, Hampton and then maybe a little bit of ba- uh, Baby Lynch. <laughs> yeah. we got to give this guy a nickname, too. Well, they struggled to stop people on defense anyway, like Rocky or not. Yeah. So, like, that's still going to remain a problem for NIU. For sure. Um. And, uh, you know, I don't know, not to totally, like, overlook the fact that Toledo might just be that team. Toledo is that team, dude. Like They, I, they just are? Yeah, no, they're, they're really, really good. Like, I'm coming around to just chalking up the road trip to San Diego State as just being weird timing. Like, going west is tough, yeah. as it is. And then the week after playing Ohio State, like that. Um. Yeah, there's that. And, like, San Diego State just, like, just kind of is weird like that. You know, like, it's kind of, like, San Diego State has that, like, um, that that army gravity to it where, like, you know you're going to mm-hmm. see a certain style and you're going to have to, like, reevaluate how you look at your team as a whole <laughs> compared to how you see it in the other 11 games in the schedule. Yeah. Uh, San Diego State kind of has that pull. Mm-hmm. So you might have to just put that into a in, you know into uh into yeah. account and the defense travel so like the defense still played well yeah so i think you know if you're the rockets like that's supposed to be your strength right and it mm-hmm. remained your strength on that road trip even though you lost uh, i'd say that's pretty good it has been yeah no like, it's, a, it's a good defense you feel pretty good about that carrying through and you know what i think makes them so dangerous is i think a lot about like that 2018 niu team that you couldn't do shit on offense, but was like a big 10 defense. Oh yeah. Like you're seeing, I don't think this Toledo defense is that good, but it's very good. And the offense is better than that 2018 NIU team. And so I just think like, if this was any team other than Toledo and their history, we would all be like, yeah, I mean, this is over. Yeah. I, I didn't spend the preseason talking up, how good Toledo's defensive line is because I just kind of got old of it, right? And, like, I kind of got tired of it, and it was just, like, kind of the same thing over and over, and it's just like, okay, but when is that going to, like, 
help me out and like when it actually matters like when the season counts and you know they're winning games because they have a goddamn good defense and their defensive line is really something to speak of they're to swan johnson seven and a half tackles for loss one and a half sack they don't have a ton of sacks on here but you know plenty of guys getting involved in the tackles for loss thing to swan johnson seven and a half deontay johnson that that deontay johnson the other deontay johnson mm-hmm. uh, three jamal hines he's still there three adrian wolver two and a half darius alexander two and a half and i know that they had the offensive linemen, the two of them that had the injuries the in the preseason, they moved over one of the uh, – Devin Rogers. he's over on the offensive line, and he's doing well for himself there. So, like, you know, one like they had answers for the obvious problems early on, and so far things are paying off for them in the trenches, which is, like, hard for them to do. Uh, another guy to speak – uh, speak good on is Dallas Camp, the linebacker, number 19. Uh, 57 tackles, four for, four for loss, uh, three passes defended, forced to fumble two. Uh, yeah, Toledo's got a lot of lot of good players, man. And, like, the offense is just playing well. Like, what, what was the conclusion we came to last week, Justin, that they have a good defense and their quarterback, Daquan Finn, makes good decisions? Like, what more do you want? Like, that's that's the recipe for everybody else to watch the fuck out for real. And they're not playing stupidly. Like, they're making good, solid decisions. Um, and the receivers are playing up to the task, too. So, yeah, I, I really love where Toledo's at. Like, they are just playing like Toledo should. We just, like, yeah. we just are always just too hesitant to, like, actually go there even when we're going there with them. It's funny because, like, they won they won that MAC title in 2017 and it felt like it felt like that didn't do anything to like disabuse us of that fear that they'll just blow it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I think that team just felt like inevitable with, I mean, we thought maybe they'd be on a crash course with Ohio and they didn't get there for obvious reasons, but like, I, I guess, I don't know. They just don't get a lot of credit for that. Plus it was five years ago. <laughs> So like it was long enough ago now. I just think that I don't know if this team's flying as high as that team, but with the exception of the two games that we mentioned, they're kicking everybody's ass that they should. Dude, much much like uh, the older Rourke, this year's uh, Toledo Ohio should be the MAC championship game of the year, but it just won't be. Yeah, I want to see it so bad though. Uh, yeah, me too, man. Like. We kind of got we got robbed of it in 2017 because like Toledo got clobbered in that game, in um, but they were on like a short week I think and had to go on the road for like action, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't a fair fight so to speak, but God we were denied such a great MAC title game, and so I hope we get that this year because that oh man. Yeah, is there is that the only offense in the MAC you look at right now, yes. Ohio's, and think yes, that's the team that could yes. do some damage to Toledo? Uh, well, Buffalo is different though. Like I like the way Buffalo plays, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. I think Buffalo could like change up the dynamic of it, where Ohio is just like throwing it up because that's that's all they got. <laughs> That's only yeah, good. that and right. just like give it to Binger every once in a while, but uh... that's where I give them the edge too, because I just I don't know that. Well, I don't know. I guess they create a lot of havoc in the in the secondary too. Because I guess I'm just assuming that they're stout at stopping the run, but I just feel like in the case of like a Buffalo, uh, who they, who is on the schedule for them regular season, and then like Ball State are going to try to run the ball more than they can you know yeah whereas ohio is just not even gonna mess around with that shit yeah the thing that's like really like good about buffalo is that like cole snyder can throw on the run which is great um he's not the best quarterback in the world but he is like you know a good decision maker he's not stupid you know doesn't hasn't been fumbling the ball all the time which is like a set like apparently been a problem you have to watch out for these days um you know, he's a good decision good decision maker, all that. He's mixed into a team that isn't afraid to mix in some power run looks. All right, good. 
And then out wide, they have three really good, talented receivers that can just, like, really spread the field. So you have, like, the defense is, like, kind of just... It's just there's just, like, a lot that the defense have to account for. And so Buffalo is just, like, well-rostered to where it can, like, make a push like that. And, like, so, so that's why Buffalo kind of looks the way it does. Whereas, like, Ohio is just, like, hitting the mash button because, like, I don't know, they, they, they can't do what Buffalo wants to do. They can't mix in power run and, like, try to fake it until you make it like Miami is. Like, Ohio doesn't have that kind of advantage. It has to be like, no, we're, we're Toledo too. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying our best to be a Toledo right now. God damn it. We're matching. <laughs> I, uh, I overstated a little bit on Toledo's uh, rushing defense, by the way. I just looked it up to kind of live fact check myself here. It's a little bit – it's four yards per carry, but they have the Ohio State and San Diego State games in there where they were over six yards per carry defensively uh but niu had a little success on the ground 3.4 yards and 3.8 yards for umass um but um to be fair umass only had 48 passing yards against toledo um central michigan was held to just 33 yards rushing when they played toledo um niu was actually pretty balanced um when they played them but we know that that offense can really move the ball so that's not um and they, and they got to turn them over so that counts for something as well. Um, so maybe not as stout against the run. So maybe Buffalo can find so, some success. Uh, I don't know that they'll be ripping off, you know, 92 yard touchdowns like they were against Bowling Green in that game. So question. Uh, let's talk about Jason Candle. Yeah. What, like, what is, what's his status in life? Like, what is, like, what is Toledo waiting for? Because we kind of assumed, okay, if there is any truth to this at the time San Diego State loss and Toledo just fails to win a MAC championship, you know, it'll be proven over the course of the next couple of weeks that, like, it can't hold its own in the MAC and, like, it'll drop a game. Okay, that's the time for the uh, young 30 something year old Brian Blair, the 80, to, like, rip the cord and just, you know, get Candle out of here and, you know, put, you know, beat, be the first MAC team, uh, you know, in the, uh, the coaching search right like be the, be the mm-hmm. first mag team in the market but that's not the case toledo's looking really good toledo's looking yes. really good is that gonna save jason candle is that gonna like give him a pay raise and is that going I, to like improve his profile is that going to dude, give him the west virginia job so listen like this is why talking about sports is so funny because like you could be so spectacularly wrong about something just by waiting <laughs> Because I think, like, the first pod we recorded preseason was, like, you know, they could start, you know, after they win their first two games, they could lose their next six. And now it's we're talking, like, I, said, I don't I know. I said they were going to have trouble winning at all because they, like, lost a coach, like, to yeah. the Jets. And they had offensive camp. they had offensive line injuries in camp, too. Like, it just – all the, the vibes coming out of Toledo to start the season were terrible. And, like, everything. You don't have fine. any Toledo friends either. Right. We don't have anybody to talk us off of it. But I mean, if you talk to any fans online, a lot of them were like, yeah, I mean, they've got to win the Mac title going away this year or else it's going to be like, it's not enough to just win the Mac West. Like they got to go get the title this year or we're, we're done with this guy. And now, I mean, I think that would still be the case if they dropped like a weird one, you know, like, like, like sure. say they lose to Buffalo and Eastern Michigan or something back to back, which is not unheard of for them, even in now, their years. Now that would be awesome if, if uh, Eastern did make Jason uh, didn't make Toledo do a do a coach change because Eastern yeah. would just that would be Eastern's job in college football. You lose to yep. us, you lose your coach. Yep, we're the last um, draw in college football. That you, I does, mean, does EMU want to hear that? Heck no, no, they don't. Heck no. But if say, like say that scenario happens, like let's say Toledo beats Kent State next week loses to Buffalo Eastern Michigan and then wins out on their final three games, Ball State, Bowling Green, Western Michigan. The latter two of those, I'm pretty confident they will. Ball State, maybe, but like I still feel Toledo's much better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, if that happens, they might still win the Mac West. He could still win the Mac and then he would be fine. It obviously wouldn't be like this catastrophic in-season firing that we thought. That is, I think, 
if you asked me like what's the scenario look like where Toledo doesn't win the MAC title, it's those middle two games there. It's Buffalo and Eastern, if they fall apart. Mm-hmm. However, they're going to be favored by like a touchdown or more in all of these games, and if they hold true that and win out, we're going to come. We might come true in our prediction that Jason Candle won't be the coach at Toledo next year because you you nailed it. He's going to be the head coach at like West Virginia. <laughs> You're right. Like that's exactly what's gonna happen. It's the perfect. It's like the perfect place for him, I think, because it's uh, you know it's not too far from Ohio. Like he already knows what he's doing there. He already has like the extension to Florida, whatever. Yeah, and I think you know there's a bunch of other guys earmarked for a lot of the bigger jobs. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if Nebraska were to lose out on like the Lance Leipold sweepstakes, maybe like. I don't know, maybe they hire Matt Campbell and Jason Candle just goes to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and like he would like if I were Jason Candle, I would take the West Virginia knowing that I'm in the Big Twelve, which is now P five match in and mm-hmm. West Virginia is like Akron. Sweet. Yeah. I it could uh I think it's all gonna work out for him. Like I do think barring any weird action shit which is a big caveat um i think they're scheduled to win out and i think they'll you know right now i feel like they're gonna win the mac title i yeah it's it's hard to see why would why they wouldn't there is no reason to say they won't like like i love what buffalo is doing right now but they still lost to holy cross yeah. so like i'm gonna hang tight before we just are like yeah this is legit because like the thing that's sticking out to me is i mean they did they did they beat miami and you know we could talk about the backup quarterback but like that same backup quarterback beat kent state this week so like i don't know they beat the crap out of eastern they did beat the crowd out of eastern and a week after playing close with coastal i mean coastal's playing close with everybody right now (laughs) So yeah. I don't know how unique that is. Like, it's just like by design for them. But they like, did lead at some point in that game. They did, and get, you know, yeah, as get, far yeah, as Buffalo, some respect, man. I, I like Buffalo. I do too, but I'm not. Um, like they're going to win this week against UMass. They'll get their shot at, against Toledo, right? I mean, like this, this will, this will sort itself out. Yeah. Because they'll they play UMass and then they do Toledo and Ohio, back to back, and uh, it feels really weird to also feel pretty high on Ohio, right? Like, in what areas? Like, I I like that they're gonna put up points, but I do, don't like I do that too. they're gonna like always end up in on the winning league. side. At some point, they're gonna run out of gas, and they're gonna be like, "Sorry, we can only do like twenty eight this week." Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I feel pretty good about them beating Western Michigan this week. Northern Illinois doesn't look that strong. Yeah. Christ, man! I mean, they were that overtime loss away. I mean, from being potentially four zero in the MAC going into that Buffalo game. They could be three and one. Let me... I don't know. I, Ohio is exceeding expectations. I'm, this is why I wish Caleb hadn't gone to the Wilco concert because I really wanted to hear what he had to say. About the Wilco concert? Oh, no, I don't care about that. About the Ohio Bobcats and also those badass helmets that they wore. With the I, paw I do print. love those helmets. I... They're so good. Yeah. I don't know. They should make those little sperm minutes. But they absolutely should. What they also should do is do the same deal, like like the white with the, you know, with the logo. But like, instead of that logo, they should have the um, the one uh, uh, very esteemed Bobcat, the one who's very smart and astute, and he's wearing like the one Ohio sweater, and he has like his like hands behind his back or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Just that cartoony one, and just just have that. On the yeah. Back. I think every Mac school should have a uh, a footprint helmet. <laughs> the the Western Michigan and Buffalo ones look, look so like stupid. Cold, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> dream. It looks so dumb, but it's just it should just be a rule. Like the Mac should just be like, yeah, this is a thing now. Everyone has to. You have to have a hoof on your helmet. Okay, but real talk, like numbers should be a thing. Like numbers, yeah, on should definitely be a thing. Is this where yep. like I talk about like my my wet dream for Bowling Green? <laughs> <laughs> your what my, my my dream for bowling green helmets I, i've told you about it right 
Uh, no. Okay, so on one side, they do a number. On the other side, they do the varsity letter, the BG. They've done, like, an old font to it back in, like, the 60s or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Um, BG kind of varsity letter kind of hooking, like, there. You, you, know, you know how it's looking, in, you know, diagonally. Um, one number. Number on one side, BG on the other side. Stripe down the middle, right? Mm-hmm. One side of the helmet is going to be, say, the BG side. That's going to be brown with orange lettering, and the other side is orange with brown numbering. Oh, listen. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Now, that's a, that's a nightmare to, like, make. Sure. For, the, like, the football helmets, but it can be done. Yeah. Oh, that's really they, interesting. They, they just got to dial it back and, like, make the numbers just, like, not the numbers. I guess uh, it's not the really uniforms you just, just have need to, to like. To... Uniforms, just go back to like whatever they sell at Dick's. Just new balance it out. Russell branded out. Well, <laughs> Russell, not that Russell, not brand. that Russell, Russell, Russell brand, Russell. not that Russell brand, the other, the other Russell brand. Yeah, the brand Russell. The brand. That's what, that's it, what BG should is be. the. Uh... They already look ugly with the colors. Might as well just. Yeah, I might as well just go for it. You look like the Browns. Now you're playing like them. Um, I know Bowling Green's bad, but like, here's a question: Is the Mac West the bad one? Yes. Okay. I was just thinking about this, the Mac East is actually really good. Well, hold on. I wouldn't. The I'm Mac East is really fun. Really good. Like top. It's, it's like it's top four good. It's way more fun, man. Like every week I find myself looking at this, like preseason, I looked at the schedule and was like not even on my radar. Now it's like every week. No, man. The Mac East is like must-see TV. Miami Kent State had me hooked in real time. Like I was watching only that for a little bit. Next week's kind of the dud because there's it's all cross-division, so there's no like Mac East only play. And UConn. And, and, yeah, and UConn, UMass. honorary Mac East team. What what a, uh, what a treat, man! Like it is like weather's changing. Like all the trees are like red now. It's like really beautiful outside. UConn and UMass are coming back through. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't love it, but and you know you know one reason I don't love it is that like I get that you got to get the non-conference games out out, but it's like these are Saturdays that should have MAC games on, and. I don't know. Everything's going to get stuck on them. We get Ohio-Buffalo as a midweek game. I don't like that. I, there should be people in the stands for that one. But I don't make the rules. But um, the Mac East is the good one. It's it's slight. It's, 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 a, very, really it's good, a very Carrying good. the average up. But it is like Ball State. Well, it's Ball State or Eastern Michigan is the second best team in the Mac West, right? Yeah, that'll be TBD. And then in the Mac East, it's like I I could hear arguments for like four different teams as being the best. It's Buffalo right now. Yeah, and then like, but like, I don't know. Kind of like hearing what you were saying, it's just like I don't know, man. Like maybe Buffalo is just gonna, I don't know, drop its food out of out of you know on its way out the store. What I hope happens is that Buffalo, they can't both win out because they play each other, but like Buffalo and Toledo win out with the exception of whoever loses that game. Mm-hmm. And then they play again in the MAC title game. Like that, I think, after what was pretty much a disaster of a non-conference season would be just a dream for the MAC. Have those two play twice? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. If it's if it's not Buffalo, then... I guess it wouldn't be would... a dream because like they did lose to an FCS school, but... yeah. Like maybe Miami winning out and and like despite the Buffalo loss ending up. I think it'll be good if, like, I don't know, man. The Mac needs like coaches to be characters in the world of college football, like whether we like it or not, and like it turns into a lot of things. It turns into one good branding for the Mac, which is like the Mac wants, uh, but it also turns into coaches leaving which really sucks sometimes, depends on what it yep. is. Um, and if the coaches are very successful and they have, like, you know, you know, big characters and all that stuff, then, like, 
yeah, they're probably going to leave. But, like, if they stay around for long enough, then, like, you're probably Coach Creighton at Eastern Michigan who, you know, hasn't been to the MAC championship game even once. Or maybe you're even Frank Solich who hasn't won the game once, even though he took his team there four times. You know, never won it. I don't know, man. It's it's tough. It's it's tough to like figure out like what the Mac actually wants in all this. Um, I don't know, man. They they definitely just want Toledo not fuck it up more than anything else. Correct. I think that's ultimately what it is. And when the Mac championship comes around, it just needs to be a very well respected game. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there's a. I don't know, I think there's a really good chance for a banger of a title game because I think some of these Mac East teams can really score. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's going to be fun. Not Kent State, though. Not Kent State. They get a lot of yards. They're just they not scoring. Yards, which, like, it sucks that, like, they already played each other to, like, a Kent State win, but, like, I really want to see Ohio and Kent State just play it out, like, five more times. I know, right? I don't know. This is usually where I like chime in with like win expectancy from SP plus, but I just like have not even looked at the numbers yet. No, it. I mean, I think it's Kent after State, dark. I think Kent State wins out. Yeah, it's it's late. Um, I can't say it's video play this week. That's, I think, my favorite game on the schedule. Dude, Toledo's gonna blow them out. They are nine point favorites uh, at the you moment. Taking it? You taking it? No, it's too many. I still have Toledo phobia, man. Like I know I said all that shit about them being the best, but like I just I don't bet on Toledo anymore. I don't know, man. I'm feeling twenty bucks. It's after dark. It's, uh, it's after dark. I did win a uh, did win a Mac uh, moneyline parlay this week, though. Did you see that we're having the battle of the flying letters, Central and Akron? Can we uh, can we talk about what happens if Central Michigan loses that game? <laughs> Hadn't considered it yet. <laughs> hadn't considered it. All right. So right, Akron's getting better. I don't know that they're better than Central Michigan yet, but Central Michigan's not getting better. I don't know if they're getting worse. <laughs> they're just kind of the same bad. And CMU's maxis, I mean, they're, their season's basically over, right? They get into as far as a MAC title is concerned. I believe so. Because they've got the loss to they got the loss to Ball State and Toledo. Okay, yeah, yeah, and they right, got yeah. slaughtered by Toledo, and like they needed that Ball State game, and, and it was at home, and they it just didn't happen. So now they got to go to Infocision. Like I'm assuming. I don't think it's homecoming for Akron, so I don't know how well attended it's going to be. And like, they're going to go on the road and it's not going to be very full and the energy is not going to be there. And they have to bring it themselves. And it just, there's everything on this game. I just feel like they could lose it. So I know what you're probably thinking that Central's got some problems and it's really hard to figure out what's going on internally. I don't know if there's like, I don't know. It's just like something going on in the locker room. Like what is just like, what is just, what is just off about the team? What is just off? And the most obvious off thing I have noticed from playing, from a, not from playing central Michigan, God, from seeing central Michigan is their kicking game. There is a kicking game in 2020 Marshall meter. Um, you know, he was like a PFF all American, but like how much of that was because COVID was weird. And it, like, it was just like a shortened season. And we're going off him going eight and eight in field goals, sixteen of seventeen in extra points, sixteen of seventeen in extra points. That's weird. You know, seventeen nail them all. Jesus Christ. Um, twenty twenty one rolls around. We're starting to see who he really is. Seventeen of twenty six in field goals. Forty nine of fifty one in extra points this year. This year, two of six in field goals. Oof. Seven of eight in extra points. Justin. I'm looking at his ESPN, uh, his ESPN page, and I'm reading the stats off that. But I'm also seeing a picture. That's not Mar- that's not a football player. That's Jack Harlow. That's quite literally like that's that's what it is. Jack Harlow was booed off stage in his first game day, and swapped places with this with this kicker. 
and now this kicker is like actually like living a double lifestyle on the road as Jack Harlow playing in these like fake concerts on stage and getting booed off stage. But that was never really Jack Harlow at all. No, that was Marshall Meter. That was Marshall Meter on game day. We didn't know that. Jack Harlow has been playing football for Central Michigan. We didn't know this, but I just found it out. So oh God, he does kind of, he looks like uh, Jack Harlow and like Pat McAfee had a baby. Stop. Damn it. We had a good thing going. Like it was already bad enough. I had to say Jack Harlow. Like I know the guy. I've seen him in New Balance commercials. <laughs> um, so it looks like Meter's been uh, superseded by Josh Rolston. Because Meter did not attempt any kicks. Um, but Rolston uh, did his part and missed a kick as well. That <laughs> he was one for two. He also he also missed an extra point. Dude. <laughs> so he's one for two on field goals, one for two on extra points. Um, so in a game where I mean, so I see your point. Uh, Central Michigan lost by a single point on Saturday. Um, not good. Yeah, I wonder why. Not good. Also, I uh, talked a lot of smack about uh, Jack Salopek's stat line, but uh, Daniel Richardson was 19 of 40 for 210 yards, just a single touchdown. 5.3 yards. So, okay, if so, let's say like Central's kickers or Jack Harlow, one of the two, can figure it out and like make a stupid doinker against Ball State, and like Ball State loses the game. But we know Central's bad, so obviously Ball State can't be as bad, right? Like, how differently would we be talking about these two teams if, you know, if Jack Harlow could learn how to kick or one of the kickers? I think it would have said more about Ball State than Central because I think, like, like the stat lines still would have been bad. Like, they still wouldn't have played a very good game. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would feel like they could lose to Akron this week, but uh, it would definitely change how I feel about Ball State. I sure as hell wouldn't expect Ball State to beat UConn this I week. Mean, I mean, Ball State like only beat Crappy Central by a measly one point. By one point. And like, we think um, that they're probably the second best team in the West for whatever it's worth. Which is to say, like, bad of the West as a whole, I get it, but like... It's probably Eastern. But like, yeah, I mean, to be fair, we kind of gave Ball State their flowers. But like, and I still... I would like to see NIU against not Toledo mm-hmm. before I, I'm sure of it. But, like, there is a possibility that Ball State just beat the two of the three worst teams in the MAC West mm-hmm. and, like, lost to the other one. That's fair. And, is, and it is just going to finish something like 4-4. Four four. Yeah. I Which I think with all the, like, with the production they had to replace, that's a fine season. It's, it's deserved. Because that would get them to, they'd be bowl eligible, right? Yeah, two more MAC wins, and they, if they beat UConn, they're going bowling. Great season. Nothing wrong with that. Did you just say if they beat UConn? Alex, they're they are less than a ten point favorite Somebody against who was widely that. considered one of the worst teams at FBS coming into the year. What is, what is UConn's record? They're not winless though. They're three and four. What? Oh my! That's what I'm saying. So if they beat UConn. Right, if they beat UConn. UConn, Y'all thought you were uh, just going to like... No. UConn, UConn's getting hot, too. They beat the pants off FIU. FIU is really bad, though. This is the argument against against, uh, capitalism in college football is that sometimes you just have these stupid Week 7 games where you're going to lose to UConn. Fuck it, man. We should avoid these altogether. It would be very embarrassing for the Mac if they they lost to UConn. Because, like... Join a union. UConn beat a Fresno State team that I didn't think was that bad, but they are. And then they beat a really, really bad FIU team. And they beat Central Connecticut. Their other games include a loss to Utah State, um, 31-20, a 48-14 loss to Syracuse, and a 59-0 loss to Michigan, and a 41-10 loss to NC State. So I guess they're performing about like a middling max school, so this game could be wild. Yeah, they're actually like independent niu because they're a dog team yeah not just not just any dog they're huskies (laughs) um this could get dumber we can keep getting dumber we could 
We could keep get we could keep getting dumber. I don't know. Um, we're getting close to an hour. We can't get too dumb. We can't get too dumb. Uh week seven doesn't have a ton of good stuff on it. We're trying to make <laughs> Eastern Michigan's a, a, a you should talk about Eastern. Eastern, more Eastern NIU really is gonna be good. Eastern NIU is gonna be good. Eastern's a two and a half point favorite. It's at home. I believe it's homecoming this week, right? Uh, already had homecoming. Already had homecoming, yeah. so it's not homecoming. All right. Well, there there goes their edge. Thank God. Um, NIU is going to be super desperate. They're going to throw everything at Eastern. I'm curious what. Like, there's going to be a ton of points, right? Like, if you the over under set at 66 and a half. If you set it at 80, I might I still feel NIU's like taking the gonna, over. NIU is going to try a star just to not. Like, I don't think NIU is going to be afraid to throw it in the, like, put the ball in the air, even though, like, Hampton had four interceptions last week. I don't think that's going to matter too much. But I do think that if it does come down to Hampton, like, not having a great day, mm-hmm. Eastern's going to trust its corners a lot because Eastern has really good corners this year. Like, Kempton yes. Shine is really good. I love Kempton Shine. Kempton Shine is my favorite defensive player on this team right now, like, by a lot. And, and that's saying a lot, like, like, I like what Chase Klein has done. Like, Chase Klein's easily, like, the number two, like, defensive player on this team. Um, when I thought he'd be, like, a number one bona fide. But, like, still, like, he's he's really good. Captain Shine, for, like, what you ask of him to do, he is just, like, the prototypical, like, cornerback you root for because he is just, like, always battling out there. And he's not, like, he's not, like, like barking and argumentative or anything like that. He's just, like, kind of, like, into himself and he's just, like, does a really good job of just playing cornerback you know and so i love the way he plays out there just has a lot of important you know pass breakups in key spots in key moments like third downs in the end zone like he he's just he just does a really good job uh so watch out for 29 out there i I love the way he plays if niu can't get it clicking with its receivers like at all niu's gonna stuff that box a lot and like say like yeah Run it. Run it. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think NIU's just going to stuff NIU. I think Eastern's just going to stuff the box a lot and say, yeah, Hampton or Hammock. Hammock, go ahead. Run it. Do what you can. Like, try to run it. it they sort of did that against Western, right? I think Ethan Hampton's quite a bit better than Jack Salpec is right now. But I, what I, what one thing I noticed early in the Western game was that uh, Eastern played a lot of single high safeties, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a thing where, like, if we go back to the tape, they'll be like, actually, it's 50-50. But I, I seemed to notice a single high safety quite a bit, even in downs where I thought Western would be a threat to pass. They just were not respecting his arm at all. And you mentioned about the corners. They were like, yeah, we can cover. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. We're, we're not going to let you break through. That's where your best players are. And I think that's – I think you're exactly right with NIU. You're like, that's where the biggest threat is. We're just going to neutralize it and let our corners be studs. And I think it's going to work. Uh, you wanted I, me to talk about Eastern more. I got, I got to point out really quickly that the Monday night football game just wrapped up, which means uh, Andrew Wiley, 30, Max Crosby, 29. Dang. Max Crosby's, uh, he's going to have a kid like any day now, right? Something like that. Yeah. His wife was due I right, tonight, been, like, actually. On the it was either tonight or like last Monday or something like that. Jeez. So. Love that Far King. God, he's so good. Eastern's good, man. If they can just play efficiently, man. If they can just, and I, I verbalized it before. If Eastern can just like take out all the stupid stuff and just focus on playing the plays, Eastern's going to have a good game. Like it just take out all like the like, good the dumb, year. like mental gears like yeah like the mental hiccups and take out all the stupid. Penalties. They didn't make any mistakes against Western. Yeah, man. And there like, was no moment in that game where I thought like, oh, there, because like I felt it creeping in my like the own hope creeping in my own brain where I'm like, okay, it's fourteen nothing, but like Creighton's gonna do something dumb. They're gonna take some penalties. They're gonna do some weird play calling. They just didn't. They just like didn't let the foot off the gas when they didn't have to. Yeah, if efficiency like, is just execution. That's all it is. And that's all it has to be down to for this team. Like the talent's there. I'm really excited for that EMU Toledo game now. Don't blow it this week, EMU. Win win your games. You know what sucks? I'm not gonna what? be 
and Ipsy for that game. Damn. Yeah, it sucks. I gotta I gotta watch it from afar. All right, it might be better for your nerves. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up uh, pretty soon. Miami Bowling Green, though, how many minutes are you gonna watch it? Like it's at noon. ESPN Plus. <laughs> at noon increases my chances of watching it. I think. Yeah, because nothing else better to do. I don't know what else the the slate looks like, but noon's usually bad. Um, so that, but I, I again, d- desperate teams make for some interesting games, and like I feel like Bowling Green fits that category as well as like NIU. Uh, Western's another one this week that's like season's basically on the line. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Tim, maybe Tim Lester's job. I don't know. Like. They've got to show something after that, or else I think there's clocks ticking there. Um, and likewise with Bowling Green. So I think you got some you got some coaches and teams fighting for their seasons and lives mm-hmm. um, that could make things interesting. But I think like Avion Smith's kind of coming into his own. So like just for like entertainment purposes, he's he's kind of worth the watch for Miami right now. That is true. Yeah. He, he... I mean, he's fantastic runner. He's fun. I mean, yeah, he's he's absolutely electric runner. Like, I think it's the passing will improve, but he's so good of a runner right now that, like, if he will, can will keep the passing that improve? Team, like, the passing needs to be like significantly improved for it to actually just improve. Needs to get them. He just needs to bridge the gap to when Gabbert comes back. I don't know the significance of like. Well, he's not gonna like lift much heavier between now and the end of the season. Right. Yeah, I mean, now's the time. But uh, Gabbert will absolutely be an upgrade for that offense when he comes back. There's no controversy there, I don't think. But, like, I have fun watching him, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, hopefully he's not out for the year. I don't I don't know. Are they still being cagey about that? Because I, all, I all I remember reading was, like, Chuck Martin saying he was going to be out for a while, and that was the last thing I saw. But that was week one. <laughs> trying to remember i don't know as always it's uh i don't know just gotta wait and see yeah uh justin i unfortunately don't have a top three i'm gonna have to do like a like a three i'm gonna have to do like six things next week unfortunately so yeah um i've I've got a top three and bottom three we've kind of uh already talked about most of them i'll just hit on the ones we did talk about uh quinion mitchell caught four passes in the niu game we already talked about that uh, he plays defense. Um, he had more catches than nine other offensive players in that oh, game that God. also recorded a catch. Oh, no. His 45 yards uh, on interception returns would have made him the sixth leading receiver in the game. And if he had tallied just three more yards, he would have been the fourth leading receiver in the game, uh, where only Jawan Newton, Harrison Whaley, and Cole Tucker had more. Uh, Messiah Travis and Devin Maddox were the other two in front of him with 47 yards and 46 yards receiving a similar type of stat uh, buffalo's james patterson had a 97 yard fumble recovery um which would have made him the second highest rusher in the entire game okay <laughs> behind we we gotta like go back and see how many like scoop and scores buffalo has had over the past like five years because it's I actually like, like an insane amount yeah, scoops and scores and missed extra points man like that's the best thing that's what i know buffalo for it's it's really really weird about them but it's true um, they've had really good linebacker play for a while. So like an edge play. So like, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Uh, his teammate, his teammate, Mike Washington had more yards than him rushing and uh, ball states, Carson Steele. So James Patterson, <laughs> so, so James Patterson, uh, by virtue of a 97 year fumble recovery was the third leading rusher in the Mac this week. Jesus. Um, I know it doesn't count as rushing yards. Samson but, Evans. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And then my other top three thing is kind of a tongue in cheek bad thing but like uh tim lester's post-game press conference made sure to remind the reporters that they did in fact win the second half uh he really really loved the team's response there alex dude what is that second half gonna do for you Uh, dude that's why i made sure to bring this up last because i would talk for 30 minutes about it but we'll just leave that where that is uh no that's so stupid it's 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 so dumb. One of the I forget the reporter's name, um, but someone um, asked Tim Wester why before the game the Eastern sideline seemed really hype and Westerns wasn't, and if that had an impact on the game. Uh, and his response was basically, 
uh, we're, we've never really been like a rah rah team. We just kind of like turn it up when the ball is kicked or whatever. But I did. I thought it was a fair question because it was noticeable yeah. on the TV broadcast too that uh, one of the teams seemed amped to play, and that was the road team. Um, the bottom three things we talked about: WMU's offensive line, just the twenty percent of dropbacks for Salapek, uh, where he was either hurried or sacked. Uh, my second bad thing of the week is any of you silly people that took CMU and gambled on them by a touchdown over Ball State. I tweeted out a reminder that Ball State was 5-1 and one in Mount Pleasant since 2010. <laughs> um, they are now 6-1. and one. And then my third bottom three thing was just the Mac West, and we already talked about that. Is the Mac West the bad one? We settled on, yeah. It is. Despite Toledo being very good, that doesn't change the fact, but I think the Mac West is the bad one. And to be clear, both of them are the bad one <laughs> in the grand scheme of college football. Oh yeah. There's no, yeah, not... like when 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 the East is the good one, you're both bad. Like yeah, the there's not a lot of daylight here. Right. They haven't supplanted the way like this isn't like like the Mac East gap between like the Mac West isn't the same as it was and like it, like vice versa, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like twenty seventeen or whatever. Um they're not there yet. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. Some funny press conference stuff, and uh, I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny that I saw a ninety-seven yard fumble recovery. I was like, I wonder how many rushers he beat, and it was pretty much all of that, them. That's good work. That's actually really good work. It's pretty much all of them. Where do you think Matt Rule's going to coach? Dude, I hope he's in Kalamazoo, man. It's it not won't happen. happen. That's not going to happen. He's too good as a college coach. Yeah. Um. He could. I don't think he's gonna have his pick of jobs or like I don't know what did they say he's gonna he's gonna make like eight hundred thousand dollars a month for the next few years, like maybe he'll just do the TV analyst thing, I don't know. But you know, like he could do the McElwain thing. Like I'm not saying he's gonna end up in the Mac or whatever, but like Sun Belt. It yeah, like it seems kind of nice, like where like most of your salary is paid by the place that fired you mm-hmm. and you can like take a discount to go coach at somewhere. That's like a little less like, there's no way like Jim McElwain's one in five right now. There's no way he's more stressed right now than he was at Florida. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's got $40 million in the bank at that point. Like he's, yeah, he'll be fine. Like on top of he... everything else he's already made. Right. Um, I don't know. What if he ends up at Toledo? See, I, that's what I was trying to get you to say. Yeah. Now, what if um, Mo Linguist leaves Buffalo for Toledo? Is the Mac good enough for that tag? So, like, the only instance of this happening in the G5 at a, at a, any level, really, is Last Norvell. Yeah. Is Norvell's move. Mm-hmm. He moved his whole ass team <laughs> to, not going well. to Fort, to Fort Collins. Jesus. It's not going well. Um, it's not going well in Nevada either, but... Um, I just don't think that would ever happen in the Mac, ever. It's fun to entertain it, though. And boom goes the dynamite. 